Does it have a timer on it? It says 54 seconds. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I called it. All right. Okay. Okay. Health and happiness, everyone. Welcome to the Strength and Motion Show, an online experience curated specifically for the members and fans of Strength and Motion Academy. If you haven't heard of our space before, we are a 24-7 gym in Midvale, Western Australia, and our goal is to provide a space where people can build a strong and mobile body using a functional and holistic health approach to training and life. Woohoo! <laughs> it's 20 seconds. It's 20 seconds before this sound thing turns off. If this is your first time listening to the show, then thank you for tuning in, and I strongly encourage you to get stuck into our first five episodes. These first five are a complete deep dive into the holistic way, hashtag the holistic way, which is our four-pillar approach to achieving health and fitness mastery. As experienced health and fitness coaches, we have identified movement, nutrition, sleep, and stress as the four key areas to always prioritize in order to live healthy and happy. You can do so simply by scrolling to the bottom of this episode list or search the Strength in Motion show on YouTube and Facebook. Today, we're talking the SMA nutrition system. This is the specific series of steps that we encourage people to follow if they wish to learn a holistic, achievable, and effective and sustainable way to living fit and healthy. The nutrition system applies to all walks of, to people from all walks of life who don't want to sit on the extreme ends of dieting, especially for goals like weight loss and muscle gain. This system is optimized for people who wish to develop a healthy relationship with food and a healthy understanding of food for both performance and well-being. So, welcome to the show, Nav. The sound's off now, so I can... Actually, yeah. I didn't mind it. It was quite nice in the background. I'm, I'm glad we've got the volume control. So, for yeah. those who are watching on, on YouTube and can see the show um, visually... We're in a new studio. We're in the same studio. We're just in the door. We're just in the room next door. And it's set up differently. But if you haven't listened to another episode, every time we go into the studio that we hire... Whoever's been in the studio previously, they upload their sounds onto the dashboard and onto the deck, and we just go press buttons and see what sounds we've got. So that was today's mystery sound. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six. We've got six more buttons that are illuminated, which we'll get to discover what they what they sound like later <laughs> later on. Did you redo? Yeah. Oh, if you yeah, didgeridoo was a really um, no the kangaroo. Is it kangaroo? Yeah. No, there was a didgeridoo one there as well. Yeah, that was yeah. a. And then there was the oh kangaroo. yeah kangaroo. Yeah. You'll have to listen to the previous episodes to uh, get that joke, listeners. So Nav, welcome to the show. Let's get back on track. Can you please start us off with sharing some of your experience working with clients who have struggled with their food, also their weight management and lifestyle changes? Cool, beautiful. So let's uh, start off with some common stories. So the things that we experience with most people are rapid weight loss. But then they stack it back on again. Yeah, yep. an extreme case of that is something like the Biggest Loser, mm-hmm. which isn't communicated about enough. I don't think people truly know that. I yeah. think it was like eighty-five to ninety percent of contestants ended up gaining yeah. more weight post-show than they did going into the yes. show. Yeah, um, yeah. and they actually created a whole entire website talking about the negatives of extreme dieting, extreme training mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. the body, and the bounce-back effect. So yeah. we experienced that a lot as well. We'll have. Uh, people coming through that have gone to extremes of training, yeah. maybe even extreme diets, and yeah. they create this yo-yo effect. It's unstable, inconsistent, mm-hmm. and in the long run uh, doesn't get them the results if or make bad results. 
Like yeah, it impacts yeah. people in a negative way, negative consequences. I agree. Sustainability is really the issue that seems to come up is people can get, they can get short and fast results, but then they don't tend to stick. Yeah. And that's a big issue. And and we'll share some examples of anonymously with clients that we've had come through the gym where people who have had previous results with extreme diets and they're the ones that are the hardest to work with because they've already been successful with mm. a particular strategy and then you have to unteach it to them. And it's, it's mentally challenging for them because they're like, why would I want to do something that didn't work for me last time but when they go down the extreme um, uh, methods to actually achieve those results Mm. then it doesn't work the second time round. That's the problem. And yeah. so you have to, there's a lot of education. And again, this system is based on education as well and really mm. teaching uh, you and the listeners to really understand what's actually going on fundamentally within the body. Once you understand a handful of principles, it actually gets a lot more easier. It gets a lot more simpler to work with. And then you don't have to fall into those traps of the the marketing ploys in life. You do this and apple cider vinegar this. And if you mm. starve yourself, whatever, and, yeah, and if you if you cut this food diet or this food group out, then you'll be fine. Like the food group's not actually the problem; it's mm. actually the consistency and it's the person's relationship with food and their ability to um, to eat for nourishment rather than other things. But we'll get into that as well. Yeah, is there anything um, that uh, you can share from um, your experience working in the bodybuilding scene and working with bodybuilders? I definitely have noticed. Um, the, seeing the seeing the long term effects of people that are not reverse dieting, mm. and for those of you who might not know what reverse dieting is, effectively when someone is going into a competition, they are slowly reducing the amount of calories each week. They're re- eating less and less and less food as they get closer to that date, so that their body becomes thinner and thinner and thinner, which helps the aesthetic, the goal of looking really really lean. But then the same speed at which you roll into a really low-calorie diet is kind of the same speed that you should roll out post-competition. And what we're noticing is what we've seen is a lot of people will come in and um, they will just scoff. They'll scoff and they'll indulge in food and then they blow out. And after a series of competitions, their body is just holding a bit of damage and baggage and their, their results don't come as smoothly. Yeah, yeah. Basically, we want to be as consistent and as meticulous with our movement within our body, right? We don't Mm. want to create too much chaos. And the same thing goes with training. If we're going to, if we want to get into an ultra marathon and running for 24 hours straight, we don't want to go from 18 hours. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 18 hours. 24 is the goal. 24 is the goal. We're going to want to slowly build our way out to achieving that. Mm. And I think the same occurs when it, uh, with nutrition and biology and physiology is if we're going to, diet and we want to get down to being on stage for a bodybuilder mm-hmm. we need to be slow and allow the body to adapt otherwise you create too much of a shift too quickly that's going to negatively impact bloating yeah. water weight um stress on the body as well mm-hmm. and same thing as you mentioned reversing out of that yeah we don't want to just shock the body straight away into yeah. a positive uh, a um surplus of calories when we've been yeah. on a deficit for so long because that could do the same. Yes. It, the yeah. body might not know how to react to that surplus of calories. So, yes, yes. And that's the extreme of bodybuildings, but that also applies to everyday life where people will go on an extreme 1,200 calories, if not lower, yeah. diet, and then they yeah. try and bounce back into eating a standard weekend where they're having hung jacks three times and yeah, then crispy creams yeah, or yeah. ice cream, whatever it is. Yeah, and that, that's the problem is we're not we're not fully – well, we haven't been fully addressing – 
the person's relationship with food or their lifestyle mm. changes or their lifestyle habits. And that's, again, what a big part of the nutrition system is, is facilitating facilitating lifestyle change. Yep. Because otherwise people can sure as hell, they can stick to this really crazy diet and stick to it for a period of weeks, even months. But then when they resume back to their old life, they just, it's like they're back off the holiday and they're like, okay, we can go whatever, we can do whatever we want and go back to their old habits. And then those are the same, they're the same habits that got them into the, um, the, unhealthy physique in the first place and so yeah. that's what we want to eliminate we want to eliminate uh falling back into old pa- patterns and pathways so is there anything that you wanted to add on to that nav before we go into like breaking down what the system is i think that pretty much covers that cool really well yeah good let's in- do it good let's, intro. thank you let's go sma nutrition system let's do it so let's break down the system and then i'd also like to spend a bit of time on each section so listen up if you're listening on uh in front of a computer or laptop this is a good time to take some notes if you're driving keep your hands on the wheel but this whole entire um, podcast is designed to just be listened to you can actually absorb all of this information um via your ears so before I do start this explanation, I want to um, give the advice to all the listeners that there is an accompanying document to this episode. So, if you are uh, listening, you can just access it on the um, in the in the bio link or the description of this episode on whatever platform you're listening to it on. You can download it through there. And if you are an SMA member or you're a personal training client of ours and you have access to our exclusive training app, then you can also access it via the homepage in the dashboard. It's linked within the dashboard. And so it's very important that you actually utilize this document because the document has all the extra information and all of the extra resources that we are quoting in this podcast. Yeah. So... Um, you can also access it on our website, which is at www.smacademy.com.au. And I should actually say that by the time this episode is launched, so if you're listening to it, the episode's been launched and it's on the website. <laughs> right. Who would have known? Who would have known? Yeah. But it's currently not on the website no, at the moment. This has been leaked. It's been leaked. Maybe it's been leaked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gretch, you're in. Gretch is our, is our, our awesome um, social media manager. And if, Gretch, you've leaked it, Screw you, Gretch. <laughs> You're in trouble. You're not getting paid this week. So, um, so this system starts from the very beginning and it caters for complete beginners who have no idea and it slowly evolves into catering for people that have more than less of no idea. And as you get more and more... Um, familiar with this concept you can you can start to learn the, the points of which even as a personal training coach a, a personal training a personal trainer or a coach you can start to use this system which is what we use we use this for ourselves with our clients and with our coaches as well so there's a full progression for you to go through but we always recommend that even if you have existing knowledge start from start from the very beginning with us and then work your way through because there's probably something that you still will be able to learn or at least fine tune in your current practice so phase one the first phase is the baseline knowledge phase like everything it starts with an instruction manual consider that you need to know the lingo so we even mentioned in the in the introduction we were using words like calories and macronutrients mm. and metabolism yeah and if people don't know what those are then it gets very confusing very very quickly so yeah. i like to say the story of like when you learn to drive a car you need to learn certain names and functions like the handbrake the accelerator the steering wheel indicator you need to know what certain buttons do and before and this is before you even start driving the car and that way when you're in the car and driving and moving then you're more comfortable to navigate the situation so that's with the that's the same thing with this you need to learn a bit of the baseline lingo 
So we want you to be understanding things like macronutrients, calories, energy balance. These are what influences our weight, our recovery, and our energy levels. We will actually break down these further in. So if you don't know what they are, you shouldn't be listening to this episode. No, I'm kidding. But there is actually um, inside the book, there is further breakdown of this. We will touch base on it as well to get you up to scratch. But Nav, can you please walk me through phase two? Beautiful. So you should have gone through phase one. You now have all this information. Yes, yes. Quality information. Knowledge. Knowledge is power. Nerds. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The second phase is known uh, for where we do our 30-day challenge members kick off from. So... I just read that wrong, but yeah, it, it was enough. It was enough to get the message across. Yeah, I yeah, did yeah, listen to yeah. it. And I'm like, no, nah, that works. <laughs> <laughs> okay, second phase is what we use most with our 30 day challenge members. Yes, yes. Uh, it's quick action. Quick it's action. like specific yeah. habits that revolve around protein, staying hydrated, uh, that they just follow every single day, yeah. and that will get them results. Yeah. Um, so phase two is actually starting to act. Uh, upon certain habits like hydration, protein, yeah, and beautiful. calories even. It's the it's the doing right now. It's what we do right now. And yeah. we find that is that obviously people are listening to this podcast and wanting to put effort into their nutrition because they want results. Yeah. And so when people are excited and people have a lot of energy and focus, it's good to give things that they can take action on quickly as well. Yeah. And I wanted to touch base on uh, one of those is keeping a log of their food. Nav, can you hit me with your favorite quote here? You can't manage what you don't measure, of course. There we go. Of we, course. We've quoted this in many podcast episodes before. Yeah. And that's exactly um, what it is. We, we need to bring awareness around, uh, you need to measure it, same as your finances. If people's like, I got no money, and be like, well, where's it gone? And mm-hmm. if they don't even they don't even monitor it, then you're like, well, there's your problem. You're not monitoring where it's going. So same as your food, monitor your energy intake going in and out, and then that gives you the basis of which to manage from. Yeah. Should we, um, I actually wanted just to drop a note in here because we actually have just finished one of our 30-day challenges and. And um, even just quickly, like we've had uh, Kim, we'll call it Kim T. Kim T. Kim T. She, she staunched it. Um, she was on Light and Easy, right? And Light and Easy is like a meal service where they just give you, um, I think it's 1,200 calories or 1,500 calories. I think you had the option of either or, but she was on 1,200, right? Yeah. Something like that. She was on 12 or 15. Anyway, she was on too little, but she was on a, she was on a meal plan. They were just sending her the food. She was eating it. And then... We sat down with her and I said, look, just to get started, just take two protein shakes a day because she was kind of getting enough calories in, but we did need her to increase her protein intake as for one of these habits is to prioritize protein. And she just had two protein shakes a day and she came in a week later and she was just like, my muscles are so sore because I've got so much more energy that she just did like a two-day bender of gardening. <laughs> Kim's retired and she just like, she was like, had the pressure cleaner out and she was raving on about it. But it was, I like to share this story because A, it's really recent at the time of filming this episode, this podcast. But two, it goes to show that A, at any age, you can get good results. But people need to start relaxing their mind about eating less. Mm. The real moral of the story was eating more and that's going to be a theme of what we're talking about. A lot of the better results come from eating more because of where society is currently sitting. Most people tend to undereat, yep. and that tends to be a big problem. So I just wanted to drop that note there as well. Um, phase three, this is where people get to focus on their relationship with food now. So you've got a bit of knowledge, you know what you're doing, you're starting to get momentum, you're just uh, you're implementing a few little things and habits and actions in your life that are now getting you more aware of your food and you should start to feel more energized like Kim did and maybe maybe you're building muscle, maybe you're losing a bit of weight as well, hopefully. Then you start to work on your relationship with food. And really like the 30-day challenge is, a, is in a way a little bit similar to some of the concept of the... Um, 
the biggest loser. It's like you go into this thing and then you do the things and you get some quick results and that's where the film is on and everyone's like, whoa, like TV and photos and all this kind of stuff. But that's a short period of time. Mm. And when that time's over, if if people haven't changed their ways, then they go back to their old lifestyle. So phase three, once you start getting momentum, is to start continually adapting and evolving your relationship with food. And the only way to really... um, evolve someone's dieting is to eventually make it not dieting just it need dieting needs to become existence and so it needs to be from like hey i'm doing this diet or i'm on a diet to no i don't eat i just don't eat that food that's not my food or this is how much food i'm going to eat once it just becomes a way of life that's when it becomes sustainable and that's where revolve evolving your relationship with food um, comes into play so we're introducing habits that are conducive to living healthy which simply put are healthy habits so these are things like reducing inflammatory food eating for nourishment over punishment or distraction having awareness around food again and basically cutting all the nasty shit out of our diet that really doesn't make us feel that good might make us feel good in the short term like coke with the caffeine and sugar but long term it doesn't make us feel good and so when you just eliminate those things then you start to feel healthier better and then again sustainable results start to come into play um i did want to mention you don't know about this but i just chat um chatted with warren from the jig from the gym was i this was yesterday whilst i was training and um he's just cut out wheat bread and gluten-based carbs and he comes up to me he's like do you reckon i've lost weight and i'm like fucking oath was you've definitely lost some weight like what have you been up to and i just thought he'd just been sleeping more because he just doesn't sleep all the time Mm. and he's like no it's like i've like cut all these like uh, gluten and wheat based products and um, he goes then i went and like went out and then ate a bunch of bread and it was like he felt so uh, so thick Mm. and sick sick and thick Mm. sick and thick and he felt really bloated and really lethargic and he was like man i couldn't believe it but it's because he hadn't committed to just like removing them for a period of time and then when he reintroduced them he got that contrast as well so we're going to be sharing stories about that from um examples of people eliminating things in their diet that's actually not supporting them and supporting their health but not realizing that they weren't supporting them they were eating these things and thinking they were fine but then when they when they eliminated them and reintroduced them they had that experience and like oh my god like this is actually like i don't feel good at all yeah. i just didn't really know how I, what good felt like back then so yeah, yeah. um that's really what phase three is really um uh, improving your relationship with food and that's where we're going to spend a lot of the podcast today on is really breaking those down i think we've got 15 points 15 like tasks or habits or actions to um, implement into one's life to uh, restore a really strong relationship with food uh, another one actually i've got written down here just on that note is um Gretch's mum, she lost a bit of weight as well. So nice. Gretch is um, one of the one of the team members here, and she actually works on editing and going through the podcast and taking through the social media snippets. And just from listening to our previous nutrition episode, she brought those into her household, and her mum was under eating, and she got her mum to eat more food, and nice. her mum lost some weight as well, which is really cool. So Nav, can you talk to me about phase four? Yeah, beautiful. So phase. Two and three mainly will get people lots of results. Yes. But when they want to start to take it the next step, yes. like if they want to focus on a specific body composition or performance mm-hmm. uh, to feel a certain way within their life, mm-hmm. that's when they might need to start measuring yeah. so they can manage yeah, the yeah, amount yeah. of food that they're eating. Yeah, yeah, this is time to get dialed, you know. This yeah. is when you're getting real yeah. dialed in. Yeah, yeah. so now you've built the habits, you, you've worked on your relationship with food, you figured out what it is currently and what works for you mm-hmm. uh, and your everyday life. Yeah. Then we'll start using the PAR method. Yes. So we've kind of utilized, uh, I think Precision Nutrition really made this popular. They did, yeah. Um, Dr. John Barati. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. I did his certification quite a while ago. He did, yeah. Uh, But now we utilize it, a lot of people utilize it, where we use 
our hands as measurements for food. Mm -hmm. And so about a palm of meat for most of us, most mm -hmm. size hands, is about 100 grams of raw meat, mm -hmm. which is normally about 25 grams of protein. Yeah. And so we'll use that for protein. If we're using a cupped hand, it's about the equivalent in carbs. So mm -hmm. a cupped hand of carbs, like rice, potato, what mm -hmm. have you, pasta, mm -hmm. fruit, yep. fruit, fruit, yep. uh, berries, yep. would be about 25 grams of carbs as well. Yep. And then normally about a thumb of fat will be about five, seven grams of yep. fat, I believe. Yep. Yep. So it's then moving into phase four, is gaining awareness around portion control, mm -hmm. how many calories, how how many macronutrients are in the food that we're eating, yeah. and then starting to manipulate that to allow us to perform better, yeah. uh, change our body composition in the way that we want it, mm -hmm. um, et cetera. Yeah, perfect. And again, if some of those words that Nav mentioned, if you didn't understand them, we will touch base on those as well. And again, the supporting information is in the document as well. So if you are not understanding of some of those things that we mentioned, just hang in there and it will all come together towards the end of the episode and it will start to make sense. So nice work on phase four. Now, your first four phases should actually be enough to get you really outstanding results. As we've mentioned that we've already mentioned like one or two pieces of results from our clients. We've actually got another list of results that we will share throughout the podcast. So just from each phase, what people have managed to do. And I just wanted to share the results we've had to illustrate that you can actually get good results from just taking simple and very short action. But it's the point of like being patient with yourself and stacking on over time more and more and more action. So phase, the first four phases, it should be more enough to get you results. We've had plenty of results as we've told you that we're going to share about that. And um, also even with our PT clients and our personal journeys, it is enough. And I'm just constantly reaffirming that you can get results from even half the things we're about to share with you in this episode. Because again, there is a lot of knowledge that we're really excited to share with you. And at some point you can feel overwhelmed. You're like, oh my God, there's so much to learn. And so everything that we're talking about, these first four phases, you can spend up to six to 12 months learning these phases. And that's okay. That's probably more ideal because it's, it's the long and slow process where you really learn and really sink into understanding these. That's where the best long-term results um, come from. And change takes time. So um, that's enough for you to get started once you have surpassed phase uh, phase four where you're like really good at like dialing and nutrition you know your portion control you know exactly your macronutrients your fats your carbs and your protein exactly what work is what working for you phase five is it phase five is taking things into the kitchen and beyond so this is more where you the, the system becomes more of like a tool for the enthusiast to really have fun inside the kitchen, start playing around with new styles of meal prep, building your own um, your own meals, getting the habits of prepping food on a, on a Sunday or, or for the week ahead, which are really good habits to do. And then playing around, like actually getting creative in the kitchen as well. And so phase five, we're not really going to touch too, ma too much on in this podcast because it's further down the line. And what you guys need is actually that fast really uh, quick action and the good habits that you need to install straight away so that you start getting results. But if you spend some time looking through the book, again, that's accompanied with this, there is recipes in there. There's strategies on how to work with food. There's examples of, of good foods to have at different times of the day. Like this is good examples of breakfasts and lunches and dinners. And that 
at probably even by the time you are listening to this episode, if it's like a month or so after releasing it, there's probably going to be another update or two because we're constantly working with our clients and with our coaches and with our members to evolve this document. And so every time it's going to keep getting updated, there's going to be more and more recipes and more and more things as well. So I'm really excited about this episode because this is the birth of something really great that we've um, created. So that's all I wanted to touch base on phase five. It's more about breaking down, uh, building a meal plan. There's a, there's a, thing in the book that says um, how to build a meal plan in nine simple steps it takes you through a bit of mathematics as well again it's more down the intermediate to advanced steps but it is very achievable so i think we did really great for time there i think we're about 22 minutes of filming so if you haven't heard we reset our cameras every like 25 or so uh, minutes just because that's the way our technology rolls at the moment. So we're going to roll into a, um, a tech pause and then our editing team is going to delete the pause so there's not even going to be a pause to exist. Let's go with mystery sound number two. Oh, the volume's down. Oh, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> All right, that was only a six-second clip, so yeah. let's go up to about here. Here we go. Three, two, one. What a way to what start a way the end. camera change. Ba-bam. Okay, <laughs> see you soon, team. Mystery sound number three coming right up. Dropping knowledge bombs dropping, to the people. Dropping knowledge bombs. Who was it that does that as well? The other big podcaster. Uh, big dude. He's, he's one of the big... I can't remember his name, but he does that. He calls them knowledge bombs, I think, or so, something. Is he a big sort. dude? Is in like, is he's got a large podcast, or he's physically a physically large, large. Like yeah. sits in a large chair. Like he's interviewed like Wes Was, uh, Watson, Wes Watson, <laughs> Watson, like uh, Wes like, and like Jocko Willink. He's like in that sort of space. The disciplinary res- take responsibility, and he's a big dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you sure, you've surely seen him around. Yeah, well, I spend a lot of time scrolling internet things, so I'm sure yeah. that... I, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know who he is, but I'm like, I'm trying to figure it out, but I, I can't think of it. Maybe... I'll show you later. Show me later. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I could picture it, but I just can't get his name out of my head. Yeah, I'm having a mental blank. But anyway, the audience are like, what are these guys on about? So that that's okay. We'll... We'll remember it. Well, maybe we'll upload a screenshot of the guy, the guy that we're thinking of. This is the guy that we're thinking of. So welcome back to the pause that you didn't really need to know that existed. But Nav, um, I want to skim through phase one just a little bit so that we can just kind of refresh all of the listeners' minds on this like baseline knowledge and skim them through. Again, here's your extra reminder that this information is in the accompanying document and it's broken down a little bit more easier so that you can really understand it. But Nav... Take me through phase one and talking about the baseline knowledge. Where, what do we, what did I write here? So we know where to start. All right, let's just skip that. Ignore what I just said. Kick us off, Nav. Kick us off. Okay, awesome. <laughs> <That's my Yeah>. <laughs> 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 At least we got the volume up as well. Sorry, no, guys. Yeah. Nice. All right, go for it. Yeah, so as you mentioned, phase one is the baseline knowledge. Yep. Uh, use the analogy of a car. Like yes. before you get into a car, you need to know firstly, yes. the car mm-hmm. needs to have four tires. If one of them's popped, probably just, don't drive it. Yes. Definitely. Simple basic knowledge that needs to be known for you to succeed in that area. Yeah. And that is what our podcast number three is uh, yes. for. Yes. It's yes. to give you that baseline knowledge. Yeah. So phase number four is gain that knowledge by listening to that podcast. It outlines the holistic approach to food and discuss, uh, discusses the beginner strategies to 
take to get you started? Uh, accompanying, accompanying this knowledge are a few step, uh, a few simple pages in the beginning of the nutrition system. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that's what you mentioned. That's in the actual it's description. In the it's, it's yeah, in the yeah, document. yeah. Yeah. So if you were to download this document, guys, what you would actually see is that um, we break down each phase, and one of the one of the tasks that you have to do in the first phase is to listen to episode three in the nutrition system, which is Nav and I. We um, we we're pressing buttons in the studio next door and listening to things, but we actually really break down nutrition for the audience, and that's your um, that with the other accompanying episodes, just for that matter, with that cover movement, nutrition, sleep, and stress in the holistic way. They are the foundation knowledge that we want everyone to know and we i say this to people that sign up i say if you're completely new then and you were to work one-on-one with a coach and had that time where you could just sit down and 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 be um taught the actual knowledge that you need to know that's what those first five episodes are those are the episodes that really get you really familiar with they put you in the right mindset with the baseline knowledge so yes it's in the book and the book actually says listen to this episode and then again it it reaffirms some of those that information as well so um what about some of the actual technical terms can you just um drop that on us please nav yeah beautifully so what's within that podcast of the document signed yep. off in phase one is calories and the measurement of food it's yes. the energy of the food itself and what's yes. the amount of energy we put into our body is going to impact the result that we want so that's important to understand when we talk about calories it's simply the energy of the food mm-hmm. then we're looking at macronutrients which are the three large macronutrients mm-hmm. of food mm-hmm. uh, covering your protein carbs and fat yep each macronutrient also has its own energy value. Yes. So protein and carbs both have an energy. So one singular gram of protein and one mm-hmm. singular gram of carbs is four calories. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about the, and fat is nine calories. Yep. So when we talk about the macronutrient protein, we talk about you need to eat 150 grams of protein. We're talking about the macronutrient protein itself. Yes. Which has its own caloric value. Yes. So that's important to understand. Uh, and then, oh yeah, and then simply we have a basal metabolic rate. So the simple act of living is going to take energy. Yes. Then depending on our own uh, basal metabolic rate, which dependent on the amount of chemical reactions within our body and metabolism, our thyroid, all of our hormones, the energy that we just have running through our body is going to shift. Then the amount of exercise that we have, Mm -hmm. all these things, even the amount of food we eat is going to impact our metabolic yeah, rate yeah. and our energy yes. expenditure. Yes. So what we're trying to do is identify how much energy expenditure someone has and then how much energy is meant to go in for the desired result. Yes, yes. Bas- that's the basic baseline. Yeah, basic baseline. In, in, in summary, it's just like we exert energy as humans throughout a day and then we also eat food. And so we are looking to balance the amount of energy or slash food going into the body with the amount of energy that's being um, like burnt, I guess, for... Mm. Um, for the person to do whatever they want to do. And so I tend to say with my, I use the car analogy because I'm a mechanic, a diesel mechanic I am. But I tell my clients, I'm like, if you were to run your car, if you turn your car on during the day and just leave it and, and it did nothing, it would still burn a little bit of fuel and a little bit of oil. And so that's what your BMR is like. It ne- it ne- fuel is just going to be burned just to exist. And then some people, they're going to tow trailers, they're going to drive on long drives, they're going to drive fast, up and down hills. Depending on how and where you drive your car, you're going to burn more or less fuel. And so you need to figure out what's the total amount of fuel that car is going to burn on the day and that's similar to your body your body's going to burn a certain amount of fuel throughout the day and so understanding that is your baseline knowledge so the other thing i wanted to add into the um the phase one that is really important to constantly 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 drive home if you can hear me 
That's me slapping my hand on my hand. This is me slapping Nav. Constantly, constantly is the golden rule. And this has got its own page in the document, in the book, and it's being proactive. Being proactive is a make or break with nutrition, especially for beginners. All the beginners out there that... <laughs> they're my favourite, the beginners. <laughs> the beginners. <laughs> the beginners out there, if you are not being proactive with your food, and being proactive is to be prepared, to anticipate when you're going to need food, to anticipate when you're going to be hungry. And if you don't put that as a priority in your life, you're going to get to the point where you need to eat food and you don't have the right options available or you're hungry and you don't have the patience to choose the right options or you don't have the energy to choose the right options. And so what happens when you're in those situations is you the, the time of which you eat starts to fluctuate because you eat sooner or earlier or later, depending on where you go get food. You end up getting um, fast food options or food options that are more processed and off the shelf or foods that are uh, also just generally like more expensive in a way as well. And so a lot of people spend more time eating out and they bomb money on Uber Eats, et cetera, et cetera. And um, the food that is sold to us that's ready-made is usually made to sell more food and it's also usually produced to maximize profit for that company and so it's not always the most quality ingredients and it's not always the most um like healthiest and um the, the nutrient profiles aren't the greatest because there's often fillers and just extra oil and just cheap oil and shit that's in them so um being proactive is a is a crucial crucial thing that I constantly drive home. Be proactive. If people not pro, if that people are not proactive, they are really set up to fail with their nutrition. So, anything to add before we roll on to phase two, Nav? Let's do it. Oh, I didn't start my stopwatch. Anyway, let's pretend. That was, that was approximately. Oh no, no, that was uh, nine minutes on that camera. So there we go. So. Um, Phase two. So as we mentioned, phase two is where we kick off our 30-day challenge members. So this is where we're in a phase of like, okay, we've got our head around the concept. We need to pull the trigger, start taking fast action and get the ball rolling. So uh, I also mentioned as well, we find that because motivation wavers a lot within people, it's very important to get some wheezy ins, uh, some easy... <laughs> For them beginners, <laughs> beginners, yeah. Some easy, some get some easy wins. I'm trying to. What's the uh, runs on the board? Scores on the board. Scores on the board. Just trying to get some scores on the board. Runs on the board. Um, to get like nice and early, it gives mm. you the momentum, and it's also mm. good to get feedback. Feedback's really important when you're trying to um, pick up a new habit because you want to know that you're doing the right thing and doing the right thing consistently. So the good thing about phase one and phase two is that they work together. As you learn about nutrition, you're also taking same you're also taking action at the same time. So phase one, you're learning. Phase two, you're pulling the trigger, but they feed into each other. The more action you take, the easier it is to learn and understand what's happening. And it also buys you more time because you're getting results and then you can learn at a, a less aggressive pace. Like if you try and cram information like we used to do before school studies and school tests and uni exams, that information doesn't retain as much but when you have more of a patient approach it's a lot more easier to remember things as well and that's what's really important so as you're going through phase two you can keep spending time reading the book listening to our podcasts or even engaging in other learning listening to other podcasts and reading other books from other nutritionists and coaches and that's a really helpful thing to do so uh, Nav can you please tell me what the first main thing the first three things we get people to focus on to is it actually four things no, no, no. All right. I might have made a mistake there. The first main three, potentially four things we get people to focus on to get easy results and quick action. Okay, beautiful. So the first one is hydration. Yes. Real simple. It's just like breath, funny enough. Like yeah. A lot of people don't know how to breathe correctly, but it's something yeah. that we consume 
more than anything. Yes. Water's probably second, right? Mm-hmm. And we're 65% water on average. Yeah. And so if we're not providing our body with something that is so vital to its own health and well-being, yeah. that's going to impact things like uh, flushing out old fluid, our mm-hmm. lymphatic system, mm-hmm. even our quality of movement, our joint health as well, because yeah. the fluidity, or the, the amount of fluid within our body impacts yes. the viscosity of like our joint fluid, for instance. Yes, yes. So more water will improve our movement and also uh, impact our yes. ability to have impact with that injury as well. Yes, yes. And, and on that note, sorry to cut you off, is that the more the more you can move and the more better you move, the better you can train and the more you can train, which means burning more calories, which means more effective and more fun workouts as well. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And that's where my argument... Uh, my argument would be about quality of food. Obviously, quantity really matters. Like, I think the energy in, energy out is a very, very good baseline that we need to focus on. Mm-hmm. But then when we start looking at the next percentages of success within our own movement, our own health, mm-hmm. and our own well-being, that's when you need to start looking at quality. Because yeah. if our quality is poor and we feel like crap, then what's the likelihood of, of us getting up in the morning and training yeah. or following our habits because we feel like shit mm-hmm. and then we feel like grabbing for a coffee instead of actually yeah. hydrating our body. Definitely. But the first one we focus on is hydration. And like you mentioned, we want to get scores on the board, runs on the board, yeah. whatever it is on the board, <laughs> yeah. um, because it gives us confidence. Like confidence yes. is built through having positive feedback. Like yeah. we need to have a result to gain confidence. Yeah, It's hard to move into something and be like, I'm just confident about this, but you know you're lying to yourself because you've never actually been given any feedback about yeah. your success for you yeah. to be confident. Yeah. So it's gaining confidence and also practicing discipline. Yes. And drinking water is a super easy one for that. It is, yeah. Easy rule of thumb is about four liters of water. If you're a smaller female, then you might want to drop it down a bit. If you're a larger male, that's more active, even more fluid. Yeah. But normally a gallon a day, four and a half liters is where the baseline is at yeah. for most people. Yeah. And that's a lot of water for the record. That's a lot of water, but strive, strive for it. And if, yeah. you, if your pee ain't translucent, then you're not drinking enough. So, yeah. Or you're um, drinking too many electrolytes or vitamins that just flush you like vitamin C. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but also, I don't think a lot of people probably do that anyway. They probably don't, yeah. yeah, so yeah. <laughs> just stay hydrated and uh, also remember to drink, uh, well, four and a half liters should have you pretty well covered. As You can hear Nav's taking a big gulp of water in the background. Yeah, and there. consistently. Not just try and like drink a whole yeah, liter. Don't go scull them. Just yeah, 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 yeah. Because then it will flush that out and your body won't be able to store yeah, it. It's just yeah. like if you're watering the garden, you don't want to, you want to yeah. do small bursts consistently, yeah, then trickle it. Yeah, then overly water and drown it. And then it doesn't, it tries to hold on to all the water too quickly. Yeah, it's, and it, it's a mess. It's the same thing with the physical body. With the yeah, body. It's such a metaphor for life. Like yeah, it's, it's yeah. no different to like cramming information. And we just talked about cramming before a uni exam or something like that's like you just sculling like four liters of water and be like, okay, I'm done. Mm. But your body just can't process that much water that quickly. So you yeah. need to spread it out across the day as you spread your nutrition out across the day, as you spread your knowledge out across your, your learning journey and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. um, really good. So that's the first one is hydration. Number two, oh, I've got a no, uh, many people not eating enough calories. Their body isn't able to thrive. I think we've, we've covered that as well. Mm, um, you did. In the discussion of Oh, no, 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 no. That is, that is the second thing. <laughs> I yeah. just decided to Yeah, it literally says the second thing. <laughs> yeah, I'm, having a, I'm having a day, aren't I, team? All right. Sorry, guys. I'm doing it. I'm all, I was doing great, and all of a sudden I'm just like, I'm too excited to get into the rest mm. of it. That's what I'm too excited for. So the second thing 
The second thing in this mm-hmm. is monitoring the calorie intake. So this is what we get, the second thing that we get our 30-day um, uh, challenge members to do, and also just like when we're working with our clients as well, start monitoring the calorie intake. The good thing about our SMA app, our exclusive SMA app, that um, we are able to set the calorie target for you. So if you have used MyFitnessPal, it's the same as MyFitnessPal, the function inside our app. Um, we find that many people are not actually eating enough calories, so their body is actually not able to thrive. Very common in weight loss clients. Well, mostly common in weight loss clients, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, as we mentioned before, the body needs calories simply to function. And when someone's eating a low amount of food, then their body has to rely on being stressed or commonly known as drinking fuck tons of caffeine to stay energized, right? Mm-hmm. And f- the th- truth is that fat loss and muscle gain just never occur when the body is undernourished. So getting people to monitor their calorie intake is a great and really important or it's integral. It's an integral thing that people need to do. Because you just need awareness. You need awareness. And if you come to one of us as a coach, if we don't have that information, we can't give you honest, well, we can give you on advice, tell you to track your fucking calories, but we need to get, be able to give you good feedback. We need to be able to give you feedback and be like, well, are you eating enough? Are you not eating, are you eating too much? Or are you eating lots of low quality foods as well? And without that information, you just can't make decisions. So Nav, can you tell me what is the actual goal of monitoring apart from abusing your clients? <laughs> abusing them. <laughs> abusing them. <laughs> Uh, A thing that really comes to mind, which we pretty much you have written here as well, is creating awareness around food, but Mm. um, non-avoidance, which I assume you mean uh, trying not to lie to ourselves and pretending that we are eating, Yeah, which is very common. The amount of times that I've had clients start tracking their food and they have to have the honest conversation with me and say, you know what, I was lying to myself. I was lying to myself, I was lying to you. It might not have been intentional, but it's a yeah. subconscious pattern of trying to protect themselves. And there might be emotional life. eating. Yeah. yeah. And we all have addictions, right? Like yes. it's also, it plays on dopamine. There's so many emotions that might be occurring. We might be emotionally eating because we're stressed at work yeah. or yeah. self-sabotaging ourselves because we don't want to look a certain way because you're insecure about yeah. being seen. There's yes. so many emotional aspects to it. Mm. But I think the most powerful thing about tracking your calories is the awareness of yeah. what are you eating? And then if you coincide that with how do you feel from what you're eating, that's when you can start to understand what foods your body thrive on as well. Because we're yeah. all different, we're all unique. Yes. Yes. Um, and there's so many different inflammatory foods that might impact other people where it might not impact you. Mm-hmm. So having that awareness could really help you thrive within your life because then you understand the amount of calories you need to eat for the result that you want. So yeah. now you're succeeding. Yeah. Hell yeah, you look great, you're feeling mm-hmm. great. And then on top of that, you could eliminate all the foods that make you feel like shit. You yeah, know, you could eliminate absolutely. all the foods that yeah. you might not thrive on dairy. And it's what you love cheese and you love ice cream. It might not be the right choice for you. Yeah. You might not have that awareness without yeah. tracking. And uh, that that's what comes oh, um, to mind first. Yeah, oh, I love cheese. I love cheese some good cheese. Good. Don't barely have it, but it doesn't mean I don't love it. Mm. Cheese is a fucking vibe. Um, the other thing I want to just, uh, just mention is, is like, I know I've found this because I've gone back to tracking my calories as well. Now that I've finished um, racing, I need to put a lot of more effort into my nutrition to put the weight back on that I intentionally lost during racing. But um, I have found that now that I'm tracking, it make, it's easier to track when my food's more consistent. And yeah. so as, a, as an overall habit, 
it's easy to stick to good nutrition and it makes the tracking easier. And so they complement each other. And that's mm. the experience I've had with myself that I then get my clients to do. They share the same experiences. They have resistance to creating um, awareness around their food because it, they don't, they don't want to see what's doing. They think it's like an extra task that they have to do. And it's actually, and they feel like it's like an overwhelming thing to pick up. But what we then discover is that actually it's less overwhelming because we have more awareness, we have more control yep. and there's, there's less variables to worry about. Mm. So that's a really good thing that I really, really wanted to um to add to yeah 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 and get into that with uh what comes to mind for me is when a lot of my life improved it was from this excitement of curiosity like just mm. knowing the truth like i really just want to know as much of the truth as i can so that i could truthfully live my life and yeah. so that's on a deeper level that's like a yeah, philosophical that, that like the fuck out of a lot of people too, <laughs> yeah so. yeah and it does yeah. to me as well like it's yeah. terrifying it's terrifying yeah. to look at the truth yeah. You know, like you can't handle the truth and yeah. that's the fucking truth. Yeah, you know, it like is, it's hard yeah. to really like look at ourselves and be like, oh, well, maybe I'm responsible where yeah. 99% of the time we are responsible for where we're, ex where yeah. we are and what we're experiencing. Yeah. And what helped me move through that responsibility was just finding curiosity for it. And it's like, mm. you know what, I've got to go through this life anyway. Do you want to live in delusion or do I want to find as much truth and just enjoy yeah. it? Like have fun with it. Yeah. You track your food. Your food might be at 2000 calories a day. Do you want to gain a little bit of weight? Bump it up a little bit. Yeah. Have fun with it. Don't take it too serious. Yeah. That's a really good point. I like that. Um, what about some, some means of tracking? What was, what's a way that someone can track? Oh, besides the best way ever. The best SMA app in the whole entire <laughs> universe. Uh, same as my fitness pal without the annoying ads or paywall, right? Yeah, yeah, you know. If you are you sick and tired of being sick and tired of these ads or the paywall? <laughs> I actually went to use my fitness pal the other like recent when I started setting myself back up and I was like, what the f Every time you open it now there's an ad. I could I was getting really frustrated because <laughs> yeah. my client was using it he yeah. went he went he was using the SMA app and then wanted to use my fitness pal and I was like mm. yeah cool you could do that mm. and then he was sending me all the screenshots and I was like man what are you doing he's like oh I downloaded the free trial because mm. he was trying to use it as well and so his free trial is about to expire and he's going to come back to using the SMA app because yeah. it, and he's discovered it's exactly the same yeah we use the same database right so they it connects do, yeah. to my fitness pal so you have the exact yeah. same database so yeah. for those of you that don't know my fitness pal is pretty much the leading, I wish I'd say by far the leading um, it might be, yeah. nutrition journal yeah. Yeah. app out there. Yes. Uh, and our SMA app connects with that. So you get the same database yeah. of food, but the method of tracking is different on SMA app and it's better. It's better, yeah. And yeah. if you it's use the SMA better. app, you have everything in it. You've got the programs, yeah. you have your habits for There's videos of stress. us in there. You could watch and listen to more of us. Yeah. If this podcast isn't enough for oh you. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, and then another way is just the old school food journal diary. Yes. You create yeah. an Excel sheet or you can just use an actual handheld physical diary, mm -hmm. write, write out what you're eating. Yeah. yeah. And then start to add in the Porsche controlling if you want with that as well. Yeah. Very good. So we have covered um, that we are having to monitor. That's the second thing we do is we're getting people to monitor their food and they're going to do that by actually um, tracking tracking the amount of food. So if somebody is actually like setting up like their, their total calorie intake and in, especially in these apps, they need mm. to kind of set a target of what they want to be hitting every single day as well. What's um, what's a recommendation or a good like, guideline nav that people can follow for um, picking the amount of calories they should be eating? Yeah. Well, lucky we have that in our nutrition system. Yeah, luckily. <laughs> Phew, I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I, I'm glad I'm in, is in there because if yeah, I asked yeah. that question, it wasn't. We'd be stuck. We'd be screwed. Yeah, we'd be yeah. Screwed. Be your body weight times twenty four, and then depending on your activity, it'll yeah, be one point yeah, five yeah. times that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs>
so a general baseline, keep it easy. For males, they're looking at anywhere from 2,000 to 2,800 calories a day. If you're on the smaller end with a more sedentary lifestyle with less activity in the gym as well, eat close to 2,000. Yeah. Sedentary means that you don't do much physical activity, like less active. Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't do a whole lot. Yeah, you're a sitter. You're, you're, you're a sitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which we can be at times, so no yeah, judgment, no, no judgment. It's just like the truth. Time too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just don't want to be delusional. The truth might hurt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're on the larger side, more activity with more muscle gain goals, then you want to be towards the more 2,800 calories. Mm-hmm. For females, you're looking at anywhere from 1,500 to 2,200 calories, being more sedentary side, smaller, less activity, lower case, um, 1,500 if you're more active or larger, about 2,200 calories. Yeah. What's really important is to recognize that you need to start somewhere. Yes. And then just start there. I would also recommend starting close to what you've already eaten. So if you're someone that's super binge on food, then yeah. probably eat on the higher end, yeah. uh, closest to that. If you're someone that doesn't eat a whole lot, then eat closest to that edge as well. Like we mentioned at the start of this, yeah. we don't want to go from eating 800 calories a day to 2,200 as a female. Yes, over double your food intake. Crazy amounts. First, you're, you're going to have a lot of emotional trauma from that, probably. Definitely, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. And, and we've feel, experienced you, that you with people. You feel fucking lethargic eating yeah. like two and a half times the amount of food you eat. Yeah, so yeah. A good thing for people to figure out as well, if you are um, setting up, on my fitness pal the sma app and you don't know what amount of food you should be targeting just track the amount of food you already eat and yeah. eat similar to what you have been eating for the last previous week and then that will give you an understanding of how many calories you actually are putting inside your body yeah. and with these apps it will give you the breakdown of how much of that is actually protein how much of that is actually fat how much of that is actually carbohydrates as well yeah. and if you didn't know that my fitness pal and the sma app they use a barcode scanner so you can literally just if your food comes in a packet you can just scan the barcode and it auto- automatically recognizes and there is a new update coming and it might even be out i think but it's close to but it's um it's starting to auto recognize food just it's by taking the ai food. the ai's yeah, in there it's yeah, coming well, it's coming well, yeah so you can just start taking crazy. photos of food and it'd be like that's chicken and you'd be like well i get it is it yeah. is it's chicken it actually is chicken so yeah. um that's also exciting though I, yeah. th- I think that's great. We're I, talking about using yeah. AI in the future that would figure out people's calories for them and create a recipe for them, which is we do cool future. AI is actually going to, we won't get into deep into AI as exciting as, as it is because a lot of people are scared about it. And so we should form better opinions over time about it. But um, AI is going to be really good for nutrition mm-hmm. because nutrition is just some people just have a lot of resistance against it and it's like people do need a lot of help with their nutrition as well and sometimes it's just not cost effective which is why they end up on fucking light and easy and mm. weight watches where it's just they, they just get given these generic things but when you have AI in play it really gives someone something outrageously personalised yeah. and so um, that's exciting because we really um, it's a priority that we change the standard of health around the world as a global thing and AI can really help achieve that so that's exciting mm. Yeah, so we have just discussed um, uh, kind of what, um, how many calories people should be um, aiming to consume. Nav, do you want to share with me, um, like, roughly what you are personally aiming for at the moment and why? Oh, my current. Yeah, what's your what's your current? Yeah, so I sit at about twenty seven fifty. Yep, twenty eight hundred a day. Uh, mine is sporadic as in I would have some days that are on the lower edge. Mm-hmm. I like eating less on the days that I'm exercising less. 
Uh, I just feel better that way. Yeah. yeah. On the days that I'm eating more or leading into a day I'm going to eat more, I might even eat more the night before. Mm-hmm. But overall, I eat about 20, 2,800 calories a day. Yeah. The way I look at my macronutrients, are we going to dive into macros or are we just doing? You might as well, yeah. yeah might as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. Uh, the guide rule that I follow, the guideline that I follow for protein is two times your body weight. Yeah. So I'm normally having, or 2.2, I weigh about 75 kilos now. So I have about 160 grams yeah. of protein a day. Yeah. That covers it for me. Then I'm going for about 35, 40% of my calories in fat. So I'm yeah. on the higher end, but yeah. Yeah. I find that works really well. Yeah. And then the rest is carbs. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Cool. Very, very good. See, Nab's good at his numbers. He knows his numbers. Yeah. Um, can you ask me the same question, please? Yeah, I was just about to do that. Yeah. <laughs> what about yourself, Josh? Oh, thanks, Nab. Did thanks. you want to share thanks. that? Yeah, I would love to share. I'd <laughs> <laughs> love to talk about myself. So um, I am actually almost very similar, but I'm actually trying to, I'm trying to clear 3,000 at the moment. Mm. I was um, obviously not eating enough during my, my racing, but just like the amount of calories I'm burning, like, when I actually, on the race day, I burnt 12,000 calories um, just at the race that I did. So it's, it's hard to get that much cal- that many calories in. So at the moment, I've actually set my app as uh, 3,000 and I'm trying to basically get as close to that as I can every day. And so I'm actually averaging about 28 to 2,900 calories, um, but I will gloriously, happily go over it at any point if I can because I'm actually deliberately trying to increase my weight. And so when I am in a, a racing season, I kind of let myself go down to about 150 to 160 grams of protein because in contrast to the amount of training that I'm doing, the amount of running, training for ultramarathon, uh, that allows me to... Um, drop muscle because drop muscle dropping muscle not all of it but a little bit of muscle does help in the racing environment so that you are lighter and don't need as many calories to um, fuel the body and then i actually increase my carbohydrates a lot so now that i'm back into a bit more weight training i'm trying to recover especially trying to repair this achilles that i tore probably probably from not eating enough protein and doing enough strength training before the race um, i'm back up to aiming i'm trying to crack 200 grams of protein um a, a day which i'm not hitting because i'm not um consistent with my protein shakes Um, but i've actually set it to about 220 as well because i find when i'm in a muscle building zone i like to be usually sitting on like 200 180 to 200 when i'm just sitting i like to be on 180 grams of protein and um, when i'm racing 160 grams of protein and for fats and carbs i actually prefer to eat more uh, fats I, i feel better off a higher fat diet than a higher carb so i'll usually personally like to cap my carbs around 250 grams a day which is a bit lower than what people normally are used to but then when i'm racing and training then i bump that up to like the 350 400 grams and then balance my fats there as well so that's the general gist of of what i consume now to go back to helping some people visualize what uh, a meal plan might look like so we've mentioned that um, 1500 calories is kind of the lowest we really recommend people get to and so for example in our 30-day challenge literally it was actually every female every female that we had in the previous challenge they were all actually under eating at the time they were all eating like the thousand calories 900 calories 1200 so i put everybody on 1500s and um i believe everyone that was consistent with it got um more positive results from that from the tracking yeah, every single person got oh there we go look uh, at that yeah yeah look at that how so, dare they how uh, does every one of our 30 day challenge people get a result dare they <laughs> Oh, oh, look at that timing. Yeah, yeah okay. We're going to we're going to pause. It camera dropped out. Let's go this one and then Oh, that's a nice little. All right. Camera change. Boom boom boom. We are back. So, sorry the actual one of the cam- the main camera just dropped out, so we reset that. So, 
1500 calories. What this is a simple example of what 1500 calories would look like. Get ready. Breakfast, meal one, peanut butter on toast. That's two slices of toast, preferably gluten-free or sourdough, one banana, and two tablespoons of peanut butter. That's brekkie. Most of you on 1,500 calories are like, I skip breakfast. Oh, my God, oh, I have a coffee. So that's what your meal looks like. Lunchtime, you would have 100 grams of chicken breast, which is about a solid palm's worth, one cup of rice and one cup of green veggies with a bit of seasoning. That's barbecue chicken and rice. Meal four is a snack, so one serve of protein powder in a protein shake and then 10 grams of almonds. And then a beef stir-fry for dinner, 150 grams of beef mince, one cup of rice and 100 grams of green veggies. That's 1,500 calories, all right? If we go down to down, or further up the scale and let's have a look at what does 2,800 calories look like. This is a meal plan that excites me. I look at it and I'm like, damn, I want to smash this. It would be, for example, meal one, breakfast, bacon and eggs, two slices of toast, three large eggs, 100 grams of bacon, one cup of spinach. There's also like fuck all calories in spinach, but get the greens in there. And one tomato. That's a nice big classic big brekkie then you would have a smoothie for like your smoko your morning tea your snack in your smoothie you'd have a half a one cup of berries half a banana one scoop of protein one tablespoon of peanut butter one tablespoon of honey and about half a liter of coconut milk or nut milk of your choice dairy free obviously lunch again barbecue chicken and rice but this time you're having double what the previous person had with 200 grams of chicken breast a whole cup of rice and a cup of green veggies then you're going to have another protein shake with nuts with which is 20 grams of almonds this time. And then your dinner is, again, beef stir-fry, but 200 grams of beef mince, one cup of rice, and 100 grams of green veggies. So that's a bit of a contrast just to give you an idea of what that actually might look like in terms of the amount of food that you're eating. And so if you listen to the 1,500-calorie meal plan and you're like, I don't eat anywhere near that, you should start with something of what I've just mentioned. That is a great place to start and, and really and monitor your weight and, and see what happens and especially energy levels. So moving on, um, the last main thing for this um, phase two, is it phase two that we're on? Yeah, the last thing of phase two, Nav, is uh, hitting the protein target. Talk yep. to me about that. Yeah, absolutely. So calories are the most important, yeah. but then protein, easy follow through. Yeah. Uh, protein is important for protein synthesis, uh, so the growth of muscle and recovery of muscle. Mm-hmm. And if we're training, we want to gain, well, even if we're not training, we want to make sure that we have a good uh, yes. balance between body uh, skeletal muscle and body fat. Yes. And so yes. they're eating protein. And it's easy to track and it tends to be clean if we're getting good protein in. Yeah, yeah. So it's a great macronutrient to start off with. Yeah, it's actually our favorite macronutrients, which is why we get people to prioritize it because it's so effective. So yeah. um, common examples of protein, Nav? So uh, animal meat, eggs, yep. fish, protein shakes, you get whey protein. If you're vegan, then a plant protein or like mm-hmm. a vegan protein yep. would be yep. very good. Uh, and then there's also vegan vegetarian options, which are... Uh, Meat replacements, uh, and then also beans, tofu, mm-hmm. legumes, then tools, stuff like that. It's a look. It is to be completely transparent with the the listeners. If you're vegetarian or vegan, it's much harder to get protein. In. It is. It is yeah. very harder, and you also have to be a lot more vigilant because of the the fillers and additives that come in some of the brands. They're, they're yeah. also quite highly processed, which is um, it's just the landscape of what foods available to us at the moment. But yeah. that's um, that's all we'll touch on that. Yeah. Um, what are your what protein do you tend to consume, Nav? All the meat. All the meat. I love yep. lots of meat. Love the meat. So meat, biltong jerky if I want to get more meat in. Yes. A real simple yeah, um, snack. product snack that people could have. So yep. if I have clients yep. that 
might not want to have a protein shake. So another one's protein shake, mm-hmm. about two scoops a day because it's just easy to get yeah. about yeah. 50 grams of protein a day. It is, yeah. Super easy. So yeah. protein shakes for most people are very, mm-hmm. very um, mm-hmm. important. Yeah. And then if I have clients that don't feel like protein powder, or I'm also over protein powder, just buy about 100 grams of biltong. And it's about 50 grams of protein, yeah. 45 grams of protein, which yeah. is a good amount. Yeah. And it tastes good as well. I so. love biltong. Yeah. yeah, they're my protein sources, like specifically, but you also get trace in all the food you eat anyway. But yeah. Yes, definitely. Yeah. 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 What about yourself? Um, also a big uh, Biltong fan, as you know. After this, I'm actually going to go buy a slab of meat and, and make some jerky to last yeah. us the month, which I'm excited about. Um, but I also generally have all the, um, just the common animal meats, which is I usually eat chicken every day. I usually yeah. eat uh, beef every day as well. So I generally have a, a beef or a lamb or a fish for dinner. Nice. And then my always pretty much religiously my lunch is a, a chicken variation of any sort yeah. and if um, if I'm good with my schedule then it's bacon and eggs is like my mm. favourite I'm one of those like breakfast or dinner kind of guys mm. I'll smash bacon and eggs for breakfast and then I'll have it for dinner as well nice, love that nice. um, and then also um, I'm a big smoothie drinker as well just because it helps me get, keep my calories up so yeah, yeah. I have my, my big boy smoothie recipe which is a double scoop protein um, shake with like honey peanut butter coconut oil MCT oil uh, mango just just to keep the calories up so that's, nice. a, big, that's a big fan of what I'm having um um, as a general guideline, Nav, how much protein should we be consuming if we are wanting to lift and manage our calories? Yeah, so we have 30 to 40% of your daily calories, but I also like to go off of two times your body weight. It's yes. anywhere from 1.5 to 2.2 times your body weight. Yep. Uh, but an easy rule is two times your body weight in kilograms in yes. protein. That's yep. a real easy um, rule of thumb. Yep. Uh, for males, it normally looks like four palms of meat, of protein, ideally five to seven times a day. Mm-hmm. For females, three palms worth of uh, protein, meat, or protein sources per day, ideally four to six times a day. Yeah, four yeah. to six palms. Four to s- four, ideally four oh, to six palms. I, yeah, 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 I see, so, what, I see what we're looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least four for males, five to seven. Females, at least three, four to six. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, the reason I wrote it like that is because ideally it's like five to seven palms. That would be getting you to that two times your body weight. Yeah. But for a lot of the a lot of the people that are likely to be listening to this that are under eating, the thought of actually getting even four palms of protein is quite hectic for them. So yeah, I usually with a lot of clients that are intimidated by that, I'm like, let's just start with like four palms. Let's start with three palms and let's build you from there. And yeah, that's also including stuff like. Uh, Protein powder as well. So that, yep. we're not just talking about eating that amount of meat. Oh, correct. correct. Also yep. through things like eggs, yes. uh, protein yes. powder, other sources of protein. Exactly right. Like li- literally a scoop, of, a, a scoop of protein powder is considered a palm of protein. So yep. if you had two protein yep. shakes a day, that's your two palms. And yep. then you, so you can easily get five to seven palms if you're a male. You can easily get four to six if you're a female. Um, but again, be patient with yourself. So let's roll into phase three. So now you've rolled through phase two where you've actually started um, you started tracking your food. You should be really well hydrated now and you're starting to get a good amount of consistency of food intake that you are aware of and you can see that you're being consistent because you're tracking and you can see your po- um, protein is good. You will start to get results. We have maybe at the end of this podcast, we'll just reference some of the clients, some of their wins that they've had from I'm going through this, but for the sake of time, we're going to roll straight into phase three, building good habits and a healthy relationship with food. So the first five, there's 15 here, but the first five we've already covered because the first one is staying hydrated, which is a part of the 30-day challenge habits. Be aware, which is tracking things, prioritizing protein, 
eating for consistency and eating above your BMR. So that's five. Number four is eat for consistency. Eat above your BMR is number five. I wanted to touch base on eating above your BMR, BMR, which is your basal metabolic rate, which is what clients, uh, what people would burn if they just did nothing throughout the day, just that base amount of food. Most people's BMR is never any less than 1,800 calories. It's usually never like small people that are more sedentary. It does get down to the you know the 1,500 mark, but I very rarely, and this is all males, and I, I usually train males from 18 all the way up to my oldest clients, probably like close to 60. When I measure them on the scales, BMR is very rarely even below 2,000 or it's like 1,900 something something. Like most of my male clients, I am putting them somewhere between 2,000 to 2,500 calories because their BMR is around the 2,000 mark. So that's just something I wanted to drop in. You have to be eating above your BMR because you are eating for nourishment. So number six, number six is eating in conjunction with exercise. So you've got your first five down pat. You want to make sure that you are eating in conjunction with exercise. It's important that people understand that because people who are trying to lose weight but we're encouraging them to eat more, it's very hard to psychologically digest that concept. And so we say, remember, you're also exercising and you need the energy and you need the ability to be able to thrive during your sessions. You don't want to drag yourself through these sessions with a coffee. You want to be able to rock up to these sessions feeling full, feeling nourished and feeling hungry to lift. Right? And then that way you can get a quality session out. You're more likely to build more muscle, improve your posture, feel better, get better the dopamine hit and have an all-round better time with this experience as well. So eating mm-hmm. in conjunction with exercise is really good. Uh, what's the next one, number seven, Nav? Uh, eat for nourishment, which actually made me think about because you said eat in conjunction with exercise. I also think eating in conjunction with life, right? So, mm. for instance, uh, I think even... Uh, who was it, Jocko Willink or Andrew Huberman, they were talking about this as well. They wouldn't eat too much leading into like a podcast because that's going to impact their focus and their drive and their energy Mm. because they're going to be more lethargic. They have to go into rest and digest. So eating with nourishment, I would say eating for nourishment, like your everyday life, how you feel, and not eating for distraction, punishment, indulgement. Uh, you wrote distraction twice. Yeah, boredom and stimulation. <laughs> You're distracted. I was distracted writing it. <laughs> the awkwardness. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sorry. And uh, yeah, choose choose foods that make you feel healthy, whole foods, natural foods. Yes. Be mindful of your own consumerism, your own behaviors, your own patterns of eating food. Uh, yes. And the negative impacts of that. Yeah, definitely. Very good. Very good. Number eight is the 80-20 rule. Simply put, good shit, 20% bad shit. So it's, it's about being okay with the occasional poor choice, but as long as that is outweighed, if, if you hit an 80% consistency with your nutrition, be like, I've, I've like nailed 80% of my protein, I've nailed 80% of my um, my habits for the week, I've nailed 80% of my overall calorie target, definitely we want you to strive for, um, strive for greatness. It's a really important thing to do, but there's times where it just doesn't happen. And if you sit you, if you sit down punishing yourself, you can even go back to what we mentioned before. People then do binge out of punishment or they'll binge out of self-sabotage or they'll just punish themselves in whatever way. And so if you do feel like you really need to fit the Snickers in or the, or the ice cream or whatever it is that's your, your vice that you still love to have, or even if it's just like enjoying alcohol with friends and stuff, you can actually fit that into your lifestyle if it's outweighed by the consistent good that you've been doing. And so this is about creating balance or counterbalance as we talk about as well. And so keeping a healthy relationship with food is also allowing yourself to find something that works within your lifestyle and you don't have to feel like a, um, 
I don't know what the word is, but like, I must do this. Like you don't have to be so rigid and stressed about it. Give yourself a bit of leeway. So uh, strive for progress, not perfection. Nav, what is number nine? Be omnivorous. Yes. So appreciate all food groups and macros. uh, But, so you wrote protein, carbs, and fats. So having a good... Okay, I see where you're going with this. Yeah. Having a good split of all macronutrients. Yes, yes. But also eating all sources of, of nutrition to us. So that yes. could be meat. It could be uh, veggies, fruit, of yeah. the like. So yeah. nuts. Uh, nuts as yeah. well. Yeah. But also being mindful of how that impacts your body. Yes. You know, like that's yeah. why I'm being a little bit... Because some people might have negative impacts like cruciferous, like yes. Um, yes. broccoli. Yeah. Some people yeah. might really not feel good with broccoli, but... Yes. Yeah. But a good rule of thumb is get all of your macronutrients in. Don't yeah. eliminate yeah. any of them. Don't go to yeah. the extreme of keto. Yet. Don't eliminate anything yet. Yeah. 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 There might yeah. be impacts, yeah. like positive uh, moments for that. But in most cases, for most people, have a good spread of all macronutrients and yeah. food as well. Yes, exactly right. So again, we do encourage people to experiment and try new things as... As I mentioned previously, I personally prefer higher fat diets than lower carbohydrate uh, than than higher carbohydrate diet, and um, I know that because I tried it and I tried it and I know for myself and I know how I feel and we eliminate a lot of inflammatory foods, uh, which is one of the things later on. But that's through testing, testing and measuring within ourselves as well. And so finding what works for you is also really really important on that. So as I just mentioned, um, number ten is minimizing inflammation. So just consider minimizing inflammation is foods that cause stress onto the body. And as in our stress pillar, our stress episode, we talk about external stresses, but food is also an internal stressor. And so there's a lot of things that people are actually putting into their bodies that um, doesn't agree with us. And as homo sapiens, there's a very general um, rule of thumb to follow. And that is what I call Eliza's big five. So Eliza is a a friend of ours who is a nutritionist and uh, maybe 50% of a naturopath because that she did most of the study and then didn't do it because uh, that's not what she wanted to do. But very knowledgeable and she's actually featured inside this manual and she drops in her information about her big five and so her big five are the big five things that um, trigger large amounts of inflammations and affect the body in a negative way that therefore negatively affects our um, our results or the goals that we're striving for so again this information is clearly broken down inside the document or the book but they are number one wheat and added gluten number two is conventional dairy Number three is industrial seed oils. Number four is refined and added sugars. And number five, did I say, number five, did I do that right? Did I say number four? This is number, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then number five is artificial additives. So those things, wheat and gluten, dairy, industrial seed, seed oils, refined and added sugars, artificial additives, they are all things that um, Eliza and we recommend eliminating out of the diet because they just do not support your well-being and these are the things that need to be focused on when we're prioritizing quality of food going in. Number 11, Nav. Natural over-processed food. Spot on. Yeah, so anything that comes from the earth, ideally, yeah, uh, less packaged. Pretty much yep. if anything comes in a package, try and stay away from it or yep. have that and you're at 20%. 80% whole yep. foods yep. from the earth, fruit, veggies, yep. organic, well, as organic as possible. If you yeah. can afford that and you can source good organic food, go yeah. for it. Yeah. But meat, seeds, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, and protein bars. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's my thing. I love I'll, I'll, that's the, the 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 main packet things that I'll buy is protein bars. They're the yeah. things that I'm probably the most guilty of, but um, I'm quite happy that as as with that as a as a packaged snack. That's your twenty percent. That's my twenty percent. Yeah. Uh, the next ones eliminate sugary drinks, and I feel like I shouldn't have to say it, but I'm actually surprised by how common this actually still is, and this is why it's in the list. Is um, one of the fastest ways to get calories in is through liquids, and I I personally um, choose to do that through smoothies. I give a lot of my clients that are trying to build muscle, uh, my big boy smoothie recipe, because that helps them keep their calorie and protein intake high. But outside of that, if you're drinking lots of, even lots of fruit juices, a lot of um, just soft drinks in general as well, they're just, so much sugar can be digested in a literal matter of minutes, even seconds if you just scale something back. And that also includes lots of alcohols as well. Alcoholic drinks are covered in, covered or Oh, I don't know. They're just full of sugar. Alcoholic drinks are full of sugar. They just don't need to be in the system as well. So um, eliminating sugary drinks is a really, really big one. Uh, number 13, Nav. Uh, stress. Stress yeah. sucks. So this is working with our stress, I'm assuming, being exactly aware right. of our stress and yes, yes. making sure we're keeping our stress yes. at a solid baseline. It's knowing when to reduce our stress and when to relax and when to digest and yeah. when to put on stress. So that might yes. be an important meeting or something important with our career. Yes. A crucial conversation, exercising Mm -hmm. is probably one of the predominant stresses, a cold shower. Yeah. And so it's like being mindful of the intentional stress towards a resourceful result. Yeah versus the negative stress, which is only going to create negative consequences. Definitely. So it's really about managing stress. And a lot of people that do, again, the stress leans into the 80-20 rule is people get stressed out trying to adhere to that. And then that negatively impacts their um, their mental health and then they crave the things that they shouldn't be having even more and it causes them, it takes them more closer to a binge. The other thing about stress is um, it drops your appetite. When people Mm -hmm. are living in a really stressed state as well, the goal is to nourish your body. And when you're constantly stressed or allowed allowing yourself to be stressed by commonly just putting others before you. That's a big one as well, especially in the in the family scene as well. Mothers are common to this. Just um, They just barely eat throughout the, throughout the day. All my recent mothers that I've been working with, they've all guilty of the same thing. It's like put all the kids first, put the family first, and they don't eat till the end of the day. And that's including young mums. A friend of mine that I've started training who is actually my age, and she's the same thing. She's got, she's got three kids now, and she still snacks on the kids' snacks as well. So it happens at all ages as well. Um, the next one is nav controlling your alcohol controlling the alcohol yeah Yeah. alcohol is a secret calorie as well so how many calories is one gram of alcohol one gram of alcohol seven was it one mil i don't i'm not too sure i know a shot of alcohol 70 calories i think that's it's definitely seven seven is the number seven okay so it must be what 10 grams of carbs per shot then I, i only got off shots to be honest Right, right. Well, it's yeah. it's definitely, I think it's one gram. I think, I'm assuming it's one gram because it's the same as like the one gram of protein, one gram of... Makes sense. Um, so seven, seven calories to a gram. To a gram. Seven yeah, calories yeah. is I a gram right of, of alcohol. So um, that's what you've got to be just aware of. Just don't drink it, guys. Just don't drink it. <laughs> in all fairness, yeah, I don't, just don't do drugs, guys. Yeah. There's, no, there's no calories in drugs. It's so much yeah, easier. Yeah. So much <laughs> <laughs> don't do drugs, yeah. So um, the other thing is it really negatively affects the performance of your metabolism and it does encourage more fat storage as it negatively affects uh, your hormone balance as well. Number 15, the very last one. The controlling caffeine intake. Oh, so this kind of like links in with your stresses. Sorry, well. not sorry, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if you're drinking so much of it. It, it impacts our uh, hydration within our body. It is. It impacts our uh, 
stress, whether we're using, because now we're using an, an exogenous, something outside of ourselves mm -hmm. to impact our chemistry within our body mm -hmm. to use for energy. Yes. What yes. about our own natural energy? Like now we're not playing around with our own nervous system. We're not mm -hmm. creating or simulating positive uh, stresses yes. outside of caffeine. We're using yep. something outside of ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So do not have, um, well, sorry, just manage it, manage yeah. it. What are some good guidelines for someone who loves coffee? Like me, who's about to drink my first coffee this <laughs> year in on Monday. Yeah. So the, the best guidelines are wait at least 90 minutes from yes. rising. So you want to yep. wait about 90 minutes, get some hydrate, hydrate prior to caffeine is very important. Mm -hmm. uh, and then don't have any caffeine past midday. I think that's pretty much a good yep. rule of thumb. Yeah, uh, you could have anywhere up to about three hundred milligrams scientifically, they say, but I would be mindful of how it impacts you as an individual. Yeah, even me hearing three hundred milligrams, I'm like, that means I get three hundred milligrams a day. Like that's like four shots, right? Which a lot of uh, people would probably have. two shots. I think. I think each shot's about eight eighty. Depends how big the shot is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think the standard of sorry. a barista is like eighty milligrams yeah, of caffeine. I think a shot is, and a standard long black is one hundred and fifty. Normally it's three along. Oh, I think it's like three to four shots, depending on the size. I think your regular is about two to three shots. Mm. Might be right, one hundred fifty to. Depends on the the barista and how much they're giving. Yeah, you. it depends on the how much you flatter your eyelids. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm dating ones. So. <laughs> You're dating ones. Yeah. So you should probably know actually. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. So just manage your your caffeine intake. Um, keep it to you know, you know, let's say like one to two shots per day, maybe three shots depending who who's serving you. Yeah. Um, we always recommend like black coffee and espressos, espressos because they're just nice and um, they're nice and clean as well. Yeah. So that is pretty much um, it. We're about to roll into the tail end of the. Um, the episode now i wanted to just recap on those 15 things that we've just covered so number one stay hydrated number two be aware which is tracking number three prioritize protein number four eat for consistency number five eat above your bmr number six eat in conjunction with exercise number seven eat for nourishment number eight 80 20 rule number nine be omnivorous to and appreciate all the food groups and macros number 10 minimize inflammation which is eliza's big five which is Wheat and added gluten, conventional dairy, industrial seed oils, refined and added sugars, artificial additives. Number 11, favor natural over processed foods. Number 12, eliminate sugary drinks. Number 13, stress sucks, not the fat, but it sucks the life out of you. Number 14, control your alcohol. Number 15, control your caffeine intake. So those are the main ones to focus on. Again, for the advanced and the people that want to keep progressing, jump into the book and you can start stepping into phase four where you really get to um, uh, get into the meal prep manual and, and setting yourself up for success inside the kitchen. And there's, there's information on even what are some good tools, the thing and, and appliances to own inside the kitchen. So that's really exciting. But everything we've covered is more than enough to get somebody absolutely kick-started and some fantastic results. Um, some random results that I just wanted to touch base on that I wanted to share is um, Casey. She lost seven she lost seven kilos. She lost a kilo a week. And all she did was just prioritize protein and eat more calories. Um, I had a personal training client that I was working with for 12 months and he's just started hitting PBs and we just could not break, break his plateau, but we finally got him tracking consistently. And turns out that there was Uber Eats that was happening every week that we didn't know about. So um, who would have known? That was a big one as well. Um, we had a, another client um, who will remain anonymous who actually had previously become super lean. They did a, they worked with a bodybuilder and they did a very, um, uh, a very effective weight loss but rapid 
routine and they ended up doing a, a bodybuilding shoot, like a bikini shoot, and she was like fit as, put the weight back on and then re-entered um, the gym and worked with us and um, was so fixated on following the same strategy and didn't follow any of the guidelines and that when she returned, she did only lose about a kilo or two, but she couldn't understand why she didn't lose the weight the second time around and it's because it was so aggressive on her body and the damage from the previous um, the previous dieting uh, regime caused a lot of damage that it didn't work the second time around and she uh, is actually no longer with the gym either actually so I think you can I think you know who that is yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. 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 he's giving me the eyes he knows who that is so um, but with respect to her we won't uh, mention her name uh, and also my brother actually lost a bit of weight recently by I just convinced him to just cut dairy mm. and he just cut the dairy out and um which was mostly from coffees as well and um he, i think he lost a kilo kilo and a half within two weeks just by cutting uh, milk out of his coffees as well um so that's all i wanted to add into there is there anyone that you wanted to add in nav no i think uh there's so many people we could think of most of the yeah. time my clients they're looking at losing 0.5 to one percent of body weight a week yep. on average and they they could do that losing upwards of 30 to 50 odd kilos depending mm -hmm. on the individual but yeah we have multiple of these stories and they've all used the system that is yes. talked about today yes. yeah and also i could just pretend to make up people and just pretend that they got this for something. yeah the anonymous person yeah the <laughs> anonymous person yeah they're made up they're not real so yeah, yeah. um do you mystery item did you i did yeah, yeah. all yeah. right we're gonna roll into nav's mystery item do it awesome did you <laughs> I, I, need this, I need to figure this volume control out Wow. Okay. So someone's just stealing someone's. Sorry. All right. Let's no, do this one. We could do that one better. Hey, hey mystery item. And yeah, our mystery item is, is just a protein shaker. The protein shaker. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about it. I also realized that every single item I brought in has been something that's always on me. Yeah. Most cases, anyway. Um, the reason for that is because that's how I I want to help people live. It's not well, just yeah. Hey, uh, you know, let's lose 10 kilos within 12 weeks and then not think about it. It's like, no, change your lifestyle that you have to live the lifestyle. Mm. And things like a protein shaker is really important because most people are on the road or they're busy with work and they really struggle to get protein in or food in. And they could just do it as simple as chucking in some protein powder. Yeah. Or, which I can't bring my Nutribullet. You can make a, a big protein the shake smoothie. or a big smoothie yeah, that would yeah. include all sorts of different carbs through fruits yes, and yes. fats through like MCT or flax seeds or yeah, what have you. Yeah. So uh, peanut butter as well. But the protein shake is super useful to most people. It is. It's yeah, extremely yeah. easy. You take it with you. Mm -hmm. You could drink it. You don't need to microwave it or anything like that. Yeah. All the main excuses people give can be fixed by... A simple protein shaker. Absolutely. A simple protein shaker. Absolutely. So, yeah. Was there we go. <laughs> smooth. Smooth. Yeah. Smooth. It, took, it took a while to. Anyway. But yeah, get a get a protein shaker. Uh, use some protein, protein powder uh, and make yourself some shakes. If you're really struggling with food, simple smoothie will fix that for you. And I'll even I'll even add to nabs because I've actually I've got my protein shaker. Oh no way. Get a stainless steel one. Yeah. You can, yeah. You can hear that stainless steel. I'm all about the stainless. It keeps things colder and cooler. So funnily enough, um, in similar fashion to Nav. Josh has brought his Nutribullet. No, <laughs> I, brought, yeah, I brought my Nutribullet. I've actually brought this is a big thing that I'm gonna dump on the debt, but you can, oh, here we go. This is the um, this is actually my birthday present that I just got from my housemate. But 
it's actually an esky bag. So in the same fashion, I really wanted to illustrate that being proactive, the golden rule is the one of the most important things. So I also bought an esky and it's fucking sick, but it hasn't arrived yet, so I couldn't bring that in. But I have ordered an esky to put in my car so I can bring food with me and sit it in the car, uh, especially in summer that for after my training sessions, I want to start bringing, I do actually bring calories that don't then end up melting. But inside this esky bag, I've got a whole bag of grapes that I've eaten because <laughs> I love grapes. But I've even got a bag of protein powder in here. I've already got my, I have a small like cup of cereal as well, of gluten-free cereal to get my, uh, keep my carb, uh, my carbs up every day as well. And then I've actually just got, um, I've got a, there's a jar, there's a jar of dehydrated cactus in there. And there's um, my water bottle and everything in here as well. But the point of this is that I anticipate what food I want to be putting into my body and I make sure I bring these with me. And I keep, now now I get to keep my stuff nice and cool and cold as well. And um, that's the point is to be proactive by bringing food with me and preparing things with me. And that way uh, I can make better food choices and, and hit my targets. And it's easy for me to track because I know what I'm going to be entering into my journal as well. So that is my mystery item. Yeah. 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 All right, so... We're going to be wrapping up our sign off with this to sign. That was quite, yeah. To sign off, we want to thank you very much for listening to this episode. If you want to um, get anything further from this, you can contact us through um, social media, through Nav's mobile number, which is oh, no, I'm kidding. You're going to send it. You're going to send it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, so you can contact us through the gym and through likely the platforms on this podcast as well. Information to contact us and ask us questions uh, and links to uh, the website, the SMA podcast. It's all in here. My fitness power. That all be in the show notes as well. So thank you very much for listening and Nav I'll let you sign off this one health and happiness health and happiness yeah cool alright see ya everybody oh yeah we go that's the one 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 round of applause oh you can overlap them there we go alright see ya everybody we'll see you in the next episode